Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectine. And Pat is gone again today, so it is just Matt and me again. Uh, really hope you liked last week's episode with JP from Fear the Wave. Really had an awesome time talking with him ahead of the two-lane game. Unfortunately, that game did not go very well uh, as we lost by 12 and lost any last-ditch hopes of making a bowl game this year. So that makes the third straight year that Tulsa football will not go bowling. Tulane, however, uh, will go bowling in back-to-back years for the first time since 1979-1980. So good for them, I guess. Uh, It is good for them. It's pretty cool. Um, Just sad it came at our expense. We will uh, recap that game and do a bit of preview for the UCF game. And in happier news, probably, uh, basketball season officially starts this Tuesday, uh, not counting the exhibition game that was last week. We've got Houston Baptist at home at noon. So we'll do a lot of basketball preview um, to get you ready for the season. Uh, Plenty to get to this week. So let's get started. Stay golden. Hurricane. Okay, so before we get started, um, we this is at, we've already recorded the whole episode at this point. We're recording this after uh, just to give you a little notice on something. Uh, this episode ended up being an hour and a half total, uh, which is way longer than we expected when we started. It's just tough. We've got you know football, the end of the season, coaching stuff to talk about, and then basketball is just getting started. So we're all excited about basketball. Uh, so we're gonna split this up into two episodes, and. If you want to listen to just basketball, um, totally get it, especially after the week last week. So feel free to skip the part one episode of this. Part two will be coming out probably at the same time, maybe a, bit, maybe a little bit later. Uh, so keep an eye out for episode 13, part two, and that'll be only the basketball uh, stuff preview and recap of the exhibition game and all that. Um, I think that's it. So enjoy part one slash part two slash both. Okay, so step one, uh, let's recap the Tulsa versus Tulane game a bit. Um, it was on Saturday, uh, just yesterday as of as of Sunday when we're recording. Uh, it was at Tulane. It was their homecoming game, big game for them, trying to go to back-to-back bowl games for the first time since 1979-1980, and they pulled it off. So the final score of that one, 38-26. Tulane will be going bowling again. Uh, Tulsa will not. Uh, we were 2-6 and six going into that game, had to win out to get to a bowl game, and now we have no no chance at that. So One could say we punted away our chances. <laughs> one could definitely say that. Uh, we'll get to that. It's just, just a, a sad situation. If you want to skip the whole football recap, uh, feel free. We'll be talking a lot of basketball. Um, we're in the middle of the recording right now, so I'm not sure what time that will be at. But uh, if you don't want to listen to the football recap, I don't blame you. Um, but if you do, then here we go. So what we predicted for this week uh, I predicted a 38-34 to two-lane win. I got two-lane score right and wasn't too far off on Tulsa's score. Final was 38-26. to um, So, you know, I guess I was kind of close, but still doesn't make it any better. Uh, Matt predicted a, a win, a 27-24 to win, I believe, 
and also predicted that we would win out, uh, including beating UCF and go bowling this year. Um, he also gave it the caveat of a very likely chance that he will eat his words this week, and sadly that has happened. So, Matt, what are your what are your thoughts on you eating your own words now? It's it's not it's not tasty. Kind of tastes like crap, and <laughs> it sucks. But I, I kind of I don't know. I just yeah, that I just had a feeling that we could do it. And it seems like at one point after, you know, Jacob Rainey makes that first field goal, it's like all of a sudden, you know, the dark clouds are parting. You're like, okay, there's the light. Yep. Like we have like the confidence that we can go and we can score field goals. And we were like, the momentum was going our way. And then stuff just like the issue was we relied too much on field goals. This game is what happened. Yeah. I mean, he did come sense. through. So four yeah, for four. four for four. The big problem, big story of this game for me, um, so there's two. One, momentum really shifted on that, what I'm going to call, uh, botched uh, fumble call that where mm. uh, yeah. Josh Johnson dropped the ball or did not complete a football motion uh, move, if you will, but they ruled it as a catch and a fumble and then Tolane yep. scoop and scores. You know, right there. That that is Yeah, that was a killer. Right before halftime, pretty yeah, much too, like two was, minutes left. Like we had taken the thirteen ten lead, then they came back and they scored, and then we got we had time for a drive. Mm-hmm. And then that just kills it. Kills momentum. Tolane gets ball back. It just didn't really feel good. But the big the other one for me is that we had eight trips inside their forty yeah. and we came away with two touchdowns. Yep. And four field goals. Mm-hmm. And then two just blown like you understand the first one, uh, I think, just because you don't know what the kicker's going to be like, so you go for it on short, like, at their goal line. But yeah. we got we to gotta be able to convert, you know, drives into touchdowns. Yeah, no doubt. I know, yeah, like you said, there's eight of them. Um, and that's, like, it's unacceptable. I mean, it's a must-win game. you got to make some of those happen. Like, we made two, two of eight uh, points out of those. So, it's just, I mean, that's not what you can do. Really bad look. Um, it's been a kind of a bugaboo all year for us. Red zone offense has been pretty poor. Uh, and it just came back to haunt us again. Like we just, we just got to get in the end zone for 50 yards out. It seems like, like when we get the closer we get, the lesser chance we have of scoring. That is why every time, like I know I say this to you, but if we don't score on the big play, I'm like, damn it. Now we're not going to get a touchdown because so often we'll get like a 50 yard plus or like a huge run. And then if you're tackled like inside Mm -hmm. the 10, it's like, "Eh, oh, well, I mean, the thing, I mean, the reason I think, I mean, maybe it's not, but what it seems to me, I mean, it's the offensive line. And, you know, the closer you get to the end zone, the more compact everything gets. And your line has to be bullying the other line. And they're like, they're just too young. They're just not doing it, not getting it done. Um, And so we have to rely on these outside runs and kind of weird, weird short passes close to the end zone that are not super high percentage. Uh, So it just gets harder and harder for us the closer we get. So, so yeah, it's that. And then it's the fact that we can't pick up like that blitz that comes in oh, like this yeah. smith got How many times sacked, did he get sacked that game like five four sacks uh but then you i mean you just had a couple like times where by the by the time the running back like Corey taylor gets the ball he's already being tackled mm. or there was one um i don't remember i don't know if it was on fourth or third down uh but we were you know in the red zone and their safety comes in and tackles both Smith and the running back. Oh, I don't remember if he it was blew Brooks that or up. Taylor. I don't know who. I think it was Patrick Johnson on two yeah. lane. Just destroyed those two. Yeah. At the and same so, time. It was impressive. Like, that one's not technically a sack because it was handed right. off, but right. it, it was brutal. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, their defensive line ate us up that game. Um, penalties, I mean, they talked about it a lot during the game, but I think our total number of penalties was, uh, again, like not too bad. I think we had less than 10, right? Yeah, I think it was six for 50 yards compared to their like 13 for 160 something. Yeah. So, again, like that that part of it's cleaned up. That's the second week in a row we've done fairly well in penalties. But, they again, like um, they came at, at poor times that game as well. So, that, that was not great. And it's – the fact like Tulane spotted us, you know, a field and a field and a plus length. Yeah. And it just seemed like we couldn't really I know, man. Capitalize. So I mean that's the story of the year. Just have not been able to capitalize on all these opportunities. Um yeah, you were talking about the Josh Johnson fumble. I mean, like I get I'm just surprised they called that a fumble on the field to begin with. I understand they couldn't maybe overturn it because it's so hard to overturn things, but still, like it looked had that been called not a fumble, would have been probably confirmed, honestly, that it wasn't a fumble. But because it was called a fumble and recovered for a touchdown, it was hard to see, like, you know, it's hard to decide whether he has full control and makes a move, all this stuff. Um, still, I think it should have been overturned. But, uh, man, like, that was a killer. I mean, yeah. We and lost that possession and then got the ball back and kicked the field goal. So, whatever, we got the 16 before half. But um, just a, just a killer. Yeah, it's not. It, it wasn't as bad as the Navy call, uh, just because we didn't like roll over and didn't like give up at that point. Yeah. We still played competitively, uh, not in the third quarter, really. I mean, yeah. first and third quarter were not yeah. that pretty. Right. Uh, but you know, we we made it a game until we just kind of stopped. Yeah, which I guess um, is not very like analytical <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. But it's just we like we. We were moving, and uh, it, to me, it all just comes down to like you're down by 12 and you punt the ball. Like I don't want to. Yeah, like, I don't want to force there if we're not ready to get to that point. But I feel like that's it's kind of like what everyone's thinking right now is why no, does I mean, Montgomery p- punt there? I mean, that's the only other thing to talk about this game. Basically, nothing else really happened. Like I'm looking at my notes. What do we have to talk about? Like the fumble and the and the and the decision to punt. Like other things happened in the game. Sure. Um, not very many inspiring things that were positive. Yeah, some drop, good number of dropped passes. Yeah. I just like this this stat line from Zach Smith seems very much what his baseline is now. Is like he'll get two more than 250 yards and a touchdown, and probably won't turn the ball over. And he'll almost throw a pick, almost but it, it won't pick. get caught. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that has happened all year. Yeah, dude. I know, it's weird. It's, dude. He hit him in the num. <laughs> he hit him in the numbers, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, but. I don't know. So it's nice to have that. Um, he hasn't. So I, I'll say this. I like Zach Smith. He's a good quarterback. He's like the reason why I think we're as competitive we are as yeah. we are in these games. But he hasn't elevated the offense to um, like where he's completely taken control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only thing that we need to. And I, I would say that's it's year one. And so I hope that next year if – Zach Smith is still in with the same system that he's able to do that, but we'll <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, so, if that's the case. Yeah, we can start talking about that punt then, because that brings us kind of in that in that line of thought. Um, so you probably know. I mean, it was the story of the game after the game, but it's fourth down. Uh, we were down twelve at that point. There were four minutes left in the game, and we decided to punt that ball. It was fourth and eleven. Uh, we were at, I don't remember where we were on the field. It was like the twenty or thirty. Like we yeah. were like going to them. So we had a full length of the field still to go um, and decided to punt that thing. 
And I don't know what was actually, who knows what was actually going through Montgomery's head. Like we hadn't stopped them all game, basically. Like we had the two picks by Reggie Robinson. That was awesome. But outside of that, I don't know if we actually had a stop. Maybe a one punt. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. Sorry. Did you say the intercept, the two interceptions the two picks, yeah. for that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think we ever actually check the. Let's see, their drives went for a field goal, touchdown, and a punt, interception, touchdown, touchdown, punt. They had they punted twice. Okay, so two punts and two picks. Uh, I mean, they had been rolling. Like their their offensive coordinator, Will Hall. When we talked with JP last year, he consistently went back uh, to the reason back. that they're better. Yeah, I keep I've done that so many times this like since this year of the, doing the podcast. Um, this week, last week, not last year. Um, he consistently went back to saying that the reason two lanes better, the primary driver, like obviously Willie Fritz is great and he's getting better every year. McMillan's a great quarterback, whatever. Um, but the driver that they're so much better this year, even over last year is the new offensive coordinator. Will Hall came from Memphis, super bright mind among offensive coordinators. Um, and we just gave the ball back to one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. One of the rising stars in college football and let them determine how the season's going to end for us after not stopping them all game, that makes no sense. That makes no sense to me. And I tweeted yesterday that, like, all year, I mean, even more than Matt and Pat, we've, we all started the season liking Montgomery, basically, and thinking he was, you know, still, still a good coach. Um, but I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've been the most, the biggest apologist for him still this season over you and Matt, or you and Pat. Uh, and I can't do it now. Like, I can't defend. Who can defend that that choice? That's ball hope. Ball hopes on the line, and we're gonna give it back to Tulane, who's been rolling us all game. Almost has almost put up forty points that game, and just hope that we can get a three and out out of nowhere. I mean, and then we still have to score twice. So you're killing more time off the clock. From the outside, it just looks like he's waving the white flag and just giving giving the season up, and he's you know quitting on the team. I mean, they literally they, and it's not just. Tulsa people are saying that's they said that on the broadcast they said a punt here is like does that mean that Monty's waving the white flag <laughs> did, they so, say, did they say yeah, that they said on that broad- the, oh my god in the broadcast yeah. it's so, just brutal like, yeah and so yeah like just to go I guess my perspective on where I've been last year uh Pat and I did that last that episode uh where we kind of uh after the SMU game and we both said like yeah we don't think Montgomery should get fired we don't think he will be because he had shown for like progress moving forward, and all things considered, it looked like this was going to be the year that we were going to be building to from the two like awful seasons last. Yeah, the last, I mean, two last years. year, every all the blame basically was put on. We don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and so you get that, you get the quarterback, you come in, you go two and two out of conference. Like that's what you're expecting. Like that's yeah, it was that's a great good. start. Like, like that's what everybody wanted. Yeah, out of that start. And then you're on this five game losing streak, and it's just the one thing you kind of point to. Is it just seem like this is like one of the most talented? Just yeah, this team has the talent to win. Like these are good players, mm-hmm. but then we're not. And so my thought is, well, why is that? Why is that the case? And I just feel like it's if if it's not the coaching, what else is it? Yeah, I mean, that's, I know I know some thought. people some people would definitely point to luck. You know, it's been an unlucky season, no right. doubt about it. But I mean, you can't put it all on that. I'm not luck, saying that's yeah. what it is. And luck. It's, can only go i mean in that case if if montgomery just happens to be the unlucky unluckiest coach ever like he should still go away <laughs> so that we can get rid of that luck if yeah. that's what if like you know if you're a superstitious kind of thing but 
yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I've, I've kind of, the one, I've always given him issues with clock management and stuff because there's been times where we'll oh, yeah. lose on a last second field goal and that seemed that not, not so much this year. And this, 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 I mean, that was the name of the game last year. Yeah. This year it's the opposite. We'll yeah. lose <laughs> on a missed last second field uh-huh. goal that we don't make. But like the last two years, it seemed like that was always the case. And I mean, even in this game, just looking at some other things like that first drive, like was it second or third play? Call call a timeout. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, and then we lost one of our timeouts on a challenge, right? In the second half. Yeah, we lost one in the second half right away. And so and then we used another so like if we punt there and we still have three timeouts, not as big a deal. Yeah. Because yeah, at that point we're one. still trying to, you know, get shut down the clock. Mm-hmm. But with one yeah. timeout, like what? What are we gonna do? I mean, yeah, I don't know what you do going forward because I don't see. I honestly, I don't see Tulsa making any sort of change, especially if slash when Monty uh, beats Houston and ECU to end the season, and we end up four and eight, and then they point to yeah. that as progress. Which, in the sense, yes, it is. It's a better season than last year from a pure record, but. It's also what could it have been if we didn't? Yeah, I mean, it, I think another another piece that that I would come back to uh, outside of just luck and bad coaching. I mean, part of outside of just luck, I guess, um, would be like, I don't know, teams that have a winning culture don't blow these games. And every time we're in a close game, basically, you know, Wyoming notwithstanding, uh, we lose the game. And that, you know, maybe it comes down to just a culture thing. I know the players love Montgomery. Like, he is a – like, talking to Dan Evans last year, he's the ultimate players coach. And all the guys love the guy. Um, but, I mean, we, he's just not getting it done. And at some point, you got to say, you know, sorry, man, I guess you're just too unlucky for this job. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, you got to build a better culture here or something. People got to have more fire in their step. Because, um, I mean, backs against the wall, we come out and put up no points in the first quarter and also the third quarter. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's just not acceptable. So, I mean, I agree that I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday just during the game, but, um, like, if we beat Houston and ECU, we'll have four wins on the year. And even with this hard conference this year, it's a better record. And, you know, I could see him sticking around. Honestly, I could see him keeping the job. But, I mean, that would be over a Houston team whose whole team is redshirting basically this year, uh, which is not a great win. And they're still, like – a decent team so whatever um and east carolina is not a given either um yeah, they, they, they just almost beat cincy yesterday like 600 plus offensive yards yeah. against them which, yeah dude like cincinnati is what we were saying was the best defense in the conference yeah and i think they are uh but yeah. who knows maybe not after that game but um dude like yeah their their quarterback just destroyed them and they had a receiver uh i think his name is cj johnson uh for east carolina put up against Cincy's defense of all the defenses to do this 12 catches for like 280 yards receiving and three touchdowns unbelievable so I mean all of a sudden they're not rolling over either and if they they're they're at four wins now so if they get one more before playing us we're going to be trying to keep them out of a bowl game and they're going to be playing their hearts out uh we stopped SMU from doing that last year but you never know um East Carolina is gonna I mean that's not a given anymore either none of these games are givens so god I mean Hopefully we win two more. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Monty. But, like, imagine this. So we've got the new conference TV deal starting next year, and that's what we get, like, $7 million, 
uh, per year. Every school does. Yeah. Maybe more now with UConn uh, being gone and us not replacing them. Um, so that money will start rolling in next year, which means in my, I think Monty has two years left on his contract, um, which means we can probably afford the buyout at this point. Maybe not super, but it would be a year basically of pain with money. Um, but assuming that we can do that, we bring in a new coach, pay him probably about the same. I think Montgomery's the highest paid coach in Tulsa history. Uh, so we'd pay him the same uh, or more, honestly, with the money that we have coming in from the new TV deal. Probably not, though. Uh, so we'd have new coach. We'd have possible revitalization of the Golden Hurricane brand with Herc the Hurricane making his glorious return. Plus, not going to put my hopes up <laughs> for that one either. Plus, lots of talent returning, like we honestly do, unless they all transfer when Montgomery leaves. But assuming that doesn't happen, we've got a bunch of talent coming back uh, for their senior years. Offensive line has another year under their belt. And that like just breeds all kinds of optimism for the program. So if there were a time to do it, unless like unless Montgomery has another terrible year next year, uh, which he very well may, um, this would be like opportune time for the whole brand, like rebrand of the university, new coach, new new coach, new logo, um, all the new talent or all the same talent coming back plus new guys, you know, minus the two guys who got kicked off last last week, the team. So I don't know. I can see it. I can see the reason you might shoot for that. Uh, especially considering how the season has, has played out this year. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. What do you, what do you think about what do you, do you think that'll actually happen? Do you think he'll get, he'll get the can at the end of the year, even with four wins? Uh, no, I, I honestly don't. I just feel like, especially, I don't know. I was, people were surprised. I think when Blankenship got fired after his two years, Yeah. um, and I just feel like the university doesn't want to make. Well, Blankenship change. was here more than two years. Right, but the, the, two, the two bad years, bad years yeah. in a row, where Monty will have three. Yeah, I just feel like the university doesn't want to make changes. Um, Definitely on, seems like that, especially at like with that. And I understand from a financial perspective. I mean, TU is not in the best, uh, which is, which is weird because we have such a huge endowment I know. for how small of a school we are but yeah but i mean how much of that goes to athletics we have no idea right i would presumably little and that's as it should be i'd yeah. rather most of the money go to this university and yeah. then they're all they're cutting a bunch of programs <laughs> yeah, for that I right know. now so yeah mismanagement of finances um like. so yeah i just i don't see it happening uh, i feel like this current athletic administration doesn't like making i mean they extended hate after last year for what was that what did, did he actually get? Just, I don't remember. It was only like a year extension, right? Yeah. It was not real. It wasn't like a real extension. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's optimistic if you're on the, we, I don't, if you're on the, I don't want Frank Haith as my head coach. Yeah. Like Pat and I are. Uh-huh. Um, and because probably me. That's, yeah. At least at that point, we're not committing the next 10 years of our lives. But so I really don't think he'll be going anywhere uh, as much as I think he probably should at this you point. You think we will though. It, you think he will if we lose one of those two games or both? If, if both, we, if we don't, if we don't get more than three, then yeah, maybe I, I think they, I think they will. I see. I say that I say like, maybe they will, but I have no idea. Dude. I mean, Zero if we get, blues. if we lose to like, you got to beat Houston or East Carolina. You got to beat, honestly, you should beat either Houston or Tulane. We already lost Tulane. So now you got to beat Houston and East Carolina. Yeah, I'll say more so if we lose to Houston as opposed to East Carolina, uh, just because at that point, you will have won one home game this year. And 
how many people are going to come back for season tickets when you yeah. win one out of six games? And it's dude, it's Houston's and you barely B team. won that game. It's their B team. Like more and more, like even from the beginning of the year, they had three players, I think, redshirt, right? With three of them being their best players, like De'Ara King and uh, I'm blanking on the uh, Corbin, I think, Mike, something Corbin, uh, the receiver. And now like Mobacar is their, one of their best running backs. He's redshirting or uh, yeah, he's taking the redshirt. This was his last game. It was his fourth game of the year. Um, so he's gone. It's like a couple other people too are doing it. So, I mean, all their best players are not playing. So we have to win that game. And I know they still played with with uh, UCF last week for the first half at least, but man, that, it's just a bad loss if you lose to them at yeah. this point. This is how we're gonna we're gonna end the season with a win over UCF and then lose back to back Houston ECU. Okay, that's what that's that's what I'm predicting. <laughs> All right, um, and I'll say so. The other point that I don't know if we we briefly mentioned it is like Tulsa's uh, strength of schedule has only gotten more difficult since we've left Conference USA, mm-hmm. joining the American. Um, and especially in the last couple of years, the American oh, as a yeah. conference has gotten so much better. Yep. Uh, I mean, you have the point now the AAC West is uh, better than uh, the ACC, mm-hmm. uh, Coastal, Pac-12 South, yep. and some other division. I, I mean, think. half of the AAC West is ranked this week. Yeah. And so, like, my counterpoint to that is, yeah, it's a lot tougher, and it's only going to continue to be incredibly difficult to win in this conference. Mm-hmm. And so if Monty's showing that he can't win against a tougher schedule, why do you keep saying, like, well, maybe he'll win against a tougher schedule next year when it's still, well, still just as this tough? Well, still, this was, I don't know. I, this was a historically, like, the hardest schedule Tulsa's ever played by, uh, I can't remember who said that. Uh, Bill Connolly, maybe, was tweeting about it. But hardest one we've played in all of Tulsa football history. And, like, even if the West is great again, we still play the two best. We're playing the two best teams from the East and fo- ending the season with an East Carolina team who almost beat the best team in the East. So not to say that they're great or anything, but um, it was a tough, like we could have gotten East Carolina and South Florida. We'd have gotten Temple who just got blown out by UCF two weeks ago, like by 40. Um, still not an easy game, but easier than what we've got. And the non-conference schedule as well, playing Michigan State and Oklahoma State. So I'm sick of making excuses, but it's just, I mean, you can't, you can't just to totally disregard that and say that every year is going to be like this from now on because it's like historically just incredibly difficult schedule for us. But, uh, I, I agree with you in that the American is just going to keep getting better. And if we're, you know, we're, we're winless in conference and if Monty's going to do that, there's no defending. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many, so in the last three years, how many conference games have we actually won? <clears throat> so we've won none this year. We won, we beat SMU last year. And uh, who's our other conference one? UConn. So we beat SMU and UConn. And then the year before, we beat Houston. Is that the only Yeah, it was the only one. Right. Yep, because we had the FCS win to open the season two years ago. Who is that against? I can't remember. Okay, yeah. So what is that, three three conference wins in the last year, in the last three years? Like, that's not, that's not a good track record, especially for who we've, like – the teams that we've played. At oh, that no. Time. It was Louisiana. Okay. In but not, not a conference. Yeah. So, yeah, not good. We beat SMU, Houston, and UConn. <laughs> yeah, and Houston, like, SMU last year was not the SMU of this year at all. They had, like, 17 transfers come in last year. Like, yeah. I think that's the actual number, 17. UConn and, was worse last year than they were yeah, this year. I know. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, then Houston, Houston, was, Houston I mean, was weird. That, was, that one good. was incredible. That was, that, a, that that was, was like amazing. A fluke, that was homecoming. Fluke game, though, yeah. but... Yeah, okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, that's enough 
depressing Monty talk. Uh, I guess let's, I guess, wrap up the recap by doing players of the game real quick. Um, I will start, I guess. I didn't have, have a great one for offense. Maybe you did, Matt. I, I went with Keelan Stokes. Um, there was not really a standout guy, in my opinion, from the game yesterday. I had, I mean, I picked him just because he stood out on the stat sheet, basically. I mean, we watched the game, but I couldn't think of anybody who, you know, with the eye test played better. Uh, Stokes had a good game. He did have a couple drops. Um, everybody basically did yesterday, though, aside from Keenan Johnson. Uh, he, I feel like he never drops the ball. But, he stepped out, though. Oh, true. Yeah, he did. Uh, but, yeah, three Stokes had three catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Had the 55-yard catch. Um, so, I mean, I gave it to him, but it wasn't a like an – outstanding game or anything yeah uh i also give it to stokes just because as for what zach smith did i mean his qbr was 38-1 and he threw barely above 50 percent completion yeah uh, on the day uh and his long i mean a large number of keelan stokes yards came on that one 55 yard pass which is the fourth 50 plus pass this season uh all four of which have been <laughs> zach smith the keelan stokes yeah. uh, so it's just like that's his favorite Target. I mean, and obviously you have the Sam Crawford one that was mm-hmm. called back against Navy. Um, we should have given it to James Palmer. That's what I mean. I, I, I wanted to, <laughs> yeah. but those two big old rumbling catches as the, as they announced. Yeah, he came say. in with one catch for six yards and then leaves the day three catches for fifty-two yards. Yep, as his career. So uh, it's good. Uh, I like I like seeing the tight ends get involved in the game, uh, and I guess Palmer is kind of the next man up since Carter is still injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he had another freshman, I don't Elliot Hall, I think, is the uh, freshman tight end that came in. Oh, I missed that. For the first time, we also had that freshman uh, Tyler Smith yeah. on the line come in. First time he had ever seen is what I was heard. First time, what did they say? He said this is the seen first the game field. he's ever seen the field. Yeah. So before today, TU made him wear a blindfold before every game. <laughs> so it's incredible. Uh, defense. I'm torn because I don't know who to give it to because, man, the two players that had interceptions, according to ESPN, <laughs> Sam Crawford Jr. and Reggie Robinson, man, I don't know what's what? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. They have Sam down for a for an interception. Yeah, no, but – What the heck? Uh, that's just because they well, they see number nine and they just throw whoever God, they think number God, nine God, is. Like, just try a little yeah. bit. But uh, Reggie Robinson is who I'm going to give it to. He's the mm-hmm. – got his two interceptions – put our total interceptions to three on the season and Reggie Robinson's total interceptions are also at three. Yep. Uh, and he is the first player into you to have two interceptions in the same game since guess one year ago when Cooper Edmondson did it. So it's nice. really not that long yeah. ago. But, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also had him, uh, especially after last week. I mean, last week was a rough game for him. He was getting picked on all game by Memphis and got beat a lot. Uh, missed some tackles, had a lot of tackles because he got, beat over and over but uh bounced back in a big way today yeah like we said two picks three on the year now um all by him and just looked good looked fast out there uh i mean you got beat a couple times but that's gonna happen so he had a good game i'm gonna he's the he was the defense player of the game in my opinion as well special teams i'm sure we have the same guy yeah it's uh it's always rainy in tulsa always rainy rainy Kane. um two of five last week coming back and missing the the game winner and he comes out and makes four of four including a 40 yarder and they looked like good all kicks. good they none of them beautiful. were like he, yeah he didn't look shaky running up to it he looked confident all of them went straight down the middle like he was ice 
So I don't know where that's been or where it came from, or maybe he's just been like all day, all night, just like practicing or what, but man, whatever he's doing, keep doing that. Uh, earn your spot over Tyler Tipton next year. We'll see. I mean, that was, that was cool to see. Like that was pretty awesome for him to come out and do that. Uh, sucks. We couldn't get the win with the way he's, you know, with the way he played there, but, um, awesome to see him bounce back that way. So nice, nice bounce back performance from him as well. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Um, quick UCF preview before we get to basketball. Uh, we have UCF Friday night, Friday night game, six o'clock. Uh, UCF, they are not the caliber they've been the last two years, but they are still a very, very good team. They're right outside the top 25 this week. Uh, they're seven and two. They're four and one in conference. It's still the highest ranked, uh, team on SP plus in the conference. Really? Mm-hmm. They're 17th. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so their two losses this year are Pitt and the conference loss is Cincinnati. Uh, that was at Cincy and at Pitt also, um, so they're undefeated at home, and uh, they're they're a really good team. Like they played Houston last week. Um, they call it the Space Game. Uh, UCF, you know, Orlando is a big space city. Houston is like the space city. So they try to theme the game over space. It was at Houston. Houston doesn't do it as hard as UCF does, but UCF wore some freaking sweet uniforms that game. They do them every year, but they're always different space theme. And they were awesome this year. You haven't seen a picture of them. Go look them up. They have the helmets have like the dark side and the light side of the moon on either side. Um, they had constellations and in the numbers and things like that. Really cool. Uh, Houston was actually beating them at halftime, 23 to 21 with half their team redshirting and uh, ended up losing that game 44 to 29. So second half was a different story. UCF came out and lit them up. Um, so I don't know. Very worried about them. Uh, we actually lead the series against UCF seven to three. Played them 10 total times. We've we've won seven of them. Uh, and we actually, currently, since we haven't played them in the last two years, we have a two-game win streak over them at the time. Uh, both of those last two wins have been by 15. And our last win against them uh, was back in 2016 when we had Dane Evans. It was Scott Frost's first year at UCF. And that was their last conference loss until this year when Cincy beat them at Cincy. They hadn't lost in the conference since then. And they had only lost one other time before that not including Pitt this year, being uh, LSU last year uh, in that whatever, you know, the New Year's Six ball game that they were in. But they're, they're a very talented team. They got second-year head coach now in Josh Heupel, who was the offensive coordinator at Mizzou before coming along after Scott Frost left for Nebraska. And they are fast-paced all the time, talent all around the field on offense and defense. Um, the probably most interesting note about their team in general is their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. He's a true freshman this year. They did not expect him to be the starter at the beginning of the season. They lost Mackenzie Milton last year uh, in the South Florida game and uh, brought in – so Daryl Mack came in for the LSU game uh, and the conference championship, won the conference championship against Memphis, came in LSU and uh, lost that one. And then over the offseason, they brought in Brandon Wimbush from Notre Dame. And uh, it was kind of between Wimbush and Mack. Wimbush won the job. He was the starting quarterback day one against whoever Florida A&M, I think they were playing week one and did okay. I mean, there were some obvious weaknesses in his game and all of a sudden this Dylan Gabriel guy steps in from the same high school, nonetheless, or no less than uh, McKenzie Milton. They went to the same high school uh, back in Hawaii. So same kind of style. Those two guys play. They're both pretty decent runners. They can both pass like crazy and they have weapons everywhere. Very worried about UCF. Do not think we're going to win this one. Uh, it's at home, but 
I don't know, man. You just can't you can uh, can't think we're gonna win at this point, especially against a team like this. UCF is the eleventh uh, ranked offense in the country, twenty fifth ranked defense. So some sixteenth overall for SP plus. Uh, this is a team that's going to score a lot of points against us, mm-hmm. uh, and I personally think that we're going to score a lot of points against them. Um, but let's see. Do they have the spread already for this game, and will we lose it? Yes, we will. I don't see the spread on there, but whatever it is, I think UCF will beat the spread. <laughs> um, yeah, I just – I mean, I guess the one nice thing is – their yards rushing is only 226 yards a game. <laughs> so it's only like 16th in the country. Dang. So we got that going for us. Dude, I it's mean. It's misleading. I look at their leading rusher. He's only got 543 yards. And it's like, oh, yeah, but they everybody runs the yeah, ball. Yeah, they so. have like five awesome running backs. Yeah. So. They have, I mean, it's it's crazy how much skill is on this team. I mean, due to this run that they've been having, they've just it been just, recruiting just like crazy. just keeps compiling. just yeah. keeps compounding. Yeah. I mean. It's, so cool. at wide receiver, they have two NFL level receivers on the outside. They've got Gabe Davis, Gabriel Davis, uh, who's probably I, he's he's their best one. He's a big dude, like he's big and fast and will beat you in 50-50 balls. And then Trey Nixon, probably their second best, uh, also a big guy. Um, so like just, they look for Gabe Davis. Like that guy is going to be an NFL star. He's huge. He's strong. He's going to beat us badly. I'm worried about. Uh, and then at, at wide receiver at a uh, running back. They have like one, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, counting five. Five. Yeah. I mean, they're they're everywhere. I mean, the biggest one they've got like I think a clear top four. Yeah. And then who's Cole, the fifth one you're Cole, looking at? Trillion Coles. But yeah. I mean, but it's really like, dude, like Otis Anderson has been there for two or three years now and has been great every year. Adrian Killens Jr. like one of the fastest people in college football. Greg McRae is like Mr. Solid for them. And then this new guy this year, who I never heard until this year, maybe he played a little bit last year. Uh, Bentavious Thompson destroyed Houston last week. I'm gonna lie, Bentavious is the best uh, first name of anybody <laughs> on their team. Uh, yeah, I will say I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. Yeah, there there is none. But dude, like they just have you can't stop them. Uh, what is what was the streak? Like the the reason they lost their game, they had a streak going of 30 plus point games. It was like 30 something games in a row where they mm-hmm. had scored 30 or yep. more, and then they scored 24 against Cincy and lost that game. And uh, now they're back up and, you know, they scored 40 something last week and they just, you can't, they have so many weapons on offense and their head coach is an offensive coordinator who knows what he's doing. Um, I just don't see us, especially like the last couple of weeks, our defense is, we just get, we're getting scored on over and over again. Like the stops yeah, have just was, stopped. That was a point we were talking, we were looking at and like, it just doesn't seem like our defense is as dominant as it has been in years like it's it's a good defense but then you look at you look at these games and the lowest points we've given up in any single game this year probably wyoming is uh, wyoming when we only gave up 21 but you look at look on average like we're averaging like 35 points against like a lot no uh, that's a lot 16 actually san jose state um, oh yeah but then you have like michigan state 28 Oklahoma State, 40, SMU, 43, Navy, 45, Cincinnati, 24. But then these last two weeks, Memphis put up 42, Tulane put up 38. Now you're looking at UCF. I mean, those are all, for the most part, those are all very good offenses. So, I mean, that weighs that down a little bit or weighs it up, I guess. Um, Yeah, just makes it worse for this week, though, because this is the best offense we're going to play this year. I mean, just, they're just going to, they're going to torch us. (laughs) It's going to, it's going to, I don't know. I, 
Looking at it, their worst running back uh, for yards per carry is Greg McRae, and he's still averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Like, so Dang. up there four. Oh, my God. He is the worst one. Yeah, that is terrifying. It, and these guys are all capable of breaking out for big runs. Oh, my gosh. They all yeah. have, like, three touchdowns, seven touchdowns, five touchdowns, six touchdowns. Like, yeah. I, mean, I am honestly, like, this game might be kind of awful to go watch if yeah. you're a Tulsa fan. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun just because it's UCF. But, I mean, even even the fun UCF thing has lost its luster a bit just because they've lost two games this year. Yeah, this game doesn't help the conference. It doesn't help us yeah. unless we win. That there's. Yeah, I mean, Killens is their fastest guy, but all of them can just freaking bolt down the field. So, I don't know. Uh, I, know I don't think there's any, any real chance of us winning this one. You never know. Like, it's college football. Maybe we come out, especially after God. I mean, we don't even have a ball to shoot for anymore. So, what, that, what are we doing? I mean, I'm sure the players are going to play hard. Um, Montgomery is coaching for his job at this point, and he has been for a while, and that hasn't really helped. Uh, so, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Just don't feel good. Um, Prediction-wise, we won by 15 the last two games that we've played them not the last two games this season the last two games against ucf in 2015 and 2016 oh man we haven't played them since they've been good yeah exactly um so i think ucf is going to win by 15 this time just get us back maybe they'll double us up put us up by or win by 30 uh instead of 15 but i'll say 15 since it's at home um i'll say 48 to 33 ucf damn you're a lot more optimistic than i am Uh, i think they put 50 plus on us okay um, I think they score 50. What's a reasonable, like, 50-point number for football? 56, maybe? 56 to 33. Oh, same as, same point as me, then. Okay, 32. change it up a little bit. Cool. All right. Uh, let's move on. We are at about 40 minutes. Um, we got time. Yeah, we're actually, we're actually scheduling this pretty well. Depending on how long we talk basketball. Yeah. Uh, let's do a little bit of around the conference just for a minute or two. Um, it was an awesome week for the American. Really, really awesome. Uh, college game day was at Memphis this week for the Memphis SMU game. Uh, get to that in a bit. And the rest of the games were also like, they're, they're just solid, solid weeky games for us. Uh, Navy, except for this one really. So Navy just eased their way past UConn as everybody seems to be doing, um, for the last several years now, uh, 56 to 10 win over UConn for Navy. Um, biggest game of the weekend, no doubt, was Memphis SMU for college game day. Third time that the American has had college game day in the six years that the American has been a conference at all. So pretty awesome for such a new conference. Uh, and they did not disappoint. I mean, Memphis, the city itself looked amazing. It was right on Beale Street and BB King Boulevard, uh, like famous area. It was packed. Everything was packed. The stadium was packed. The city was packed. It looked great. Um, Memphis was a six-point favorite in the game, and they, you know, whatever, pushed the spread. So it was a six-point game. Final score was 54 to 48. 102 total points put on the board that game. It was it was crazy. It was really, it's like, just a crazy, awesome, super exciting game. Back and forth the whole time. Big play after big play after big play. Like, Antonio Gibson for Memphis scored in three different areas. Like, he had a special teams touchdown, an offensive touchdown, and something else. I don't remember, but they were talking about Three, it must have been a rushing one, so receiving, rushing, and special teams. Um, he just killed it. Everybody on SMU was killing James Prochet, and they were without their best-slash-second-best receiver in Reggie Robertson and still put up 48 points against a not-bad Memphis defense. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it just looked really good for the conference. 
Memphis came out with the win, uh, which, you know, I bet the American probably wanted SMU to keep winning just so we have the lock on the uh, the New Year's Six ball. But whatever, we still have a, a very good chance at that. Uh, Boise State almost lost to, to San Jose State yesterday too, um, so. who we beat. Uh, so that was an awesome game. Cincy, another just crazy game. Cincinnati was playing East Carolina, which you would look at and think that's going to be just a snoozer, and Cincy's going to just roll them. But a three-point win at the buzzer. Like, Cincy had to kick a field goal with three seconds left as the time ran out to win that game from, like, 40-something out. Uh, like, Holden Ayler, we talked about it a little bit. ECU's quarterback, Holden Aylers, is a sophomore, a junior now. Um, just looked like an absolute stud against a very good Cincinnati defense. C.J. Johnson, the ECU receiver, 12 catches, 283 yards and a touchdown against that defense. Unbelievable. And, you know, since he escaped that place with the three-point win. So just an also, also just a crazy game. And then uh, UCF played Houston that space game, and the, they, UCF was down halftime uh, by three or by two, 23 to 21, and ended up winning 44 to 29. So kind of boring second half, but locked them down. And that's it for the conference. It was just a really fun week. It's always fun when the American has game day. That's super awesome. It did not disappoint it at all. Very good game the whole time. Uh, crazy plays. So fun to see. So that wraps up the football half of this episode. Uh, like Ryan talked about at the beginning, we ended up splitting this episode into two parts. So if you're interested in listening to the basketball section, look out for part two. is that i don't know like what's the opposite of like a strike like, yeah like, you know the the sound a strike a makes is so like iconic just it's rumbling like, through the gutter it's, it's like not even that because at that point you're still bowling you just like that's like oh, houston true. bowling yeah. where they get blown out by army or something that's yeah. gutter ball ours is you yeah. show up and it's locked and then you have to go home and it's cold yeah but what, what sound is that matt crying disappointment yeah sadness like kind of that feeling of like existential despair maybe but in sound form yeah is, it, is this it is this is it a lawnmower sound a lawnmower or a weed whacker i don't know <laughs> sounds more like a weed whacker <laughs>